Wapiti. Wapiti. Stop. Wapiti. Go. Oh, we're on. We're on. No. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of On the Game Trail with myself, Brian, Eric, and Mulbert. We are all three here. Um, today we are going to be talking about elk. We all love to talk about elk. It's a conversation where we carry every single day. Yes. So, elk. What do you know about elk? <laughs> what do you like about elk? What makes what you, you crazy about elk? Me? Everything about elk <coughs> is just something to be amazed by. <laughs> is it because of their but, size? Or is this their... I don't know. The way they bugle, the rut? Their size, their the rack that they have, the way they... The sound. The sound of a bugling elk. Yeah, being out in the in the country and you hear that bugling off in the distance that's just one of the coolest you've actually you've been able to have the right too yeah it's awesome yep yeah being able to do that that uh i can't even talk um i'm looking at my computer and trying to talk i can't multitask if you're to compare the rut <laughs> compared to mule deer white tail there with that weird little oh, burr. By far. elk is yeah who wants to hear a little burp when you want to hear yeah. a nice bugle or whatever they do yeah, the burp they do <clears throat> definitely i think that's 50 percent of it the other part is how they're just <clears throat> massive animals when you actually shoot one and you actually get your hands on it you're they're like big. this is a big animal Holy they're big smokes. and i think that's what a lot of people Back east, you ask them what their number one thing they want to hunt, and they always elk. say elk. Oh, yeah. They want elk. to hunt elk. Everybody wants to hunt. My, I mean, I've hunted elk, and now I want to hunt whitetail. It's one of the things on my list, you know, yeah. and moose and caribou and all that kind of stuff. But all those people want to hunt elk. They want to come down and hunt elk. So going down to hunting elk, I mean, do you go after just a cow elk, or do you want that bull? Do you want that massive bull? You know, that everybody is always talking about 400 class, you know, oh, I want to shoot 400 class or, you know. Yeah, I feel those, like a little bit realistic about it. Yeah, you got to be realistic. You're not, if you shoot a 400 class, you're either on a high fence ranch and paying a lot of money or you are very lucky and you come across one. Now, don't get me wrong, they are out there. You know. Travel. Not a 400. Well, I didn't shoot 400. I, you know, was it was, three? scored 357 and some change. I don't remember Which exactly that is what a big it was. Bull. If you haven't laid your hands on the 350 yeah, bull, 350. That that is a big bull. Plus, is those are big bulls and big dudes. I mean, they're just phenomenal. We've seen some 400s in the field. Of course, they they're in areas where you cannot hunt them. You know, but you're like, holy cow, that thing is massive. Yeah, we were able to big. put our hands on what, what were those sheds they scored 380 right which ones um, the ones with Frank brought in oh yeah those were yeah they said they're 380 scored them about a 380 and I mounted them on one of those fake skulls what he wanted and we taped it out at being around the 380 and that thing was massive so just and most picture on 400 you're just like holy yeah. cow dude that thing is I don't know how many people scored. Did you score? Did you and your brother-in-law score that bull? We no, we did not. The huh? No, we didn't. We didn't score it. Knowing that, hang out with us finally <laughs> and hearing all the scoring stuff. What would you think it is? Shoot. It was a six by right. I think, I've seen yeah. It was a six by. So okay, for scoring, we're gonna help Nover score his brother-in-law's bull without even looking at it. So without looking at it, guys, if. It, I know scores and everything, this but it's definitely basic, fun to score. Yeah, and it's basically field judging. Field judging. Field judging. So or field scoring. If he's a six by six, we're right at the bat. He's two hundred inches minimum. No matter what, he's no two hundred inches. You, go, you start off at two hundred. Start off at two hundred inches. So um, then you start looking at time length. What give or take? What was it, it like 16, 16, 16 inches ish. If the G1 is even with the nose. Right. I think That's it, if it's straight out, if it doesn't belly up. Right. And that, that belly adds a lot of inches. Yeah. So you want to look at the belly of the of each. So a, we'll say on a typical bull, we'll say 12 inches was the G1. And we'll assume that every single one on the 6x was 12 inches. So it's 12 times 6 
is. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good uh, question. No, over. No. So it's seventy-two. Seventy-two. That's inches, and then you times it by that by two. Now we're looking at what one forty-four. One forty-four inches plus the two hundred for being a six by six. You're now looking at three hundred forty-four inches. Three hundred forty-four inches. Just right. Just right. Right off, off the, the bat. Yeah. So yeah, you, you may get that crazy bull that's got like crazy. G4s or some people like to call them royals or swords. swords. You know, that's there's a, a big one. That gets you points. Yeah, and you want to look at the well tail on the back end. You know, is it is it big? Does it really Y out and make that nice big well tail? If it does, you're like, oh yeah, that's a nice one. And then you want to look at that G3. The G3, if they're G3s, is where it's at. That that's what you uh, yeah you want to really look at that because. If they're small, um, you'll notice on some of the bulls, they have a nice frame. Everything's going good for them. And then you look at their G3, and they're like six inches. You know, and you're like, well, what the heck? What happened to that guy? You're going to lose a lot of points on him. So if you see one and it has nice G3s, um, nice True. well tail, <laughs> everything bellies up and stuff like that, you're looking easily at a 350-plus bull yeah, right off the yeah. bat. By just looking at that. <clears throat> but in re realistically, I think if you draw, a, I want to say a coded unit, just a, a what they call like maybe a quality unit, in the West, you're probably going to take down a 300 inch bull. Yeah. On average. That's probably, that's keeping it uh, realistic. Right. 300 inch bull. But yeah, definitely and that's the, the size of these things is what go, makes it fun out bow hunting you know i i look at it if i shoot something what has a rack on it that's an added bonus i don't really care what i shoot as long as it i get meat in the freezer and there's hunts what eric and i've been on and he gets mad at me because i've been drawing back on on a cow and he starts yelling at me and uh i'm like what <laughs> it's right there it's broadside and he you know, there's there's a bull coming in, and I'm not paying attention. I'm just ready to shoot that cow, and I'm like, oh, okay, now now I know why you want me to hold off, and you know. So if you're looking for those bulls, then just stick out the bull. If you're just looking to fill the freezer, then go out there and shoot whatever. Especially if you're well, able if you're to, bow hunting. If you're bow hunting, most bow hunts Here, in the yeah. west. Here Even in, in the Mexico, west. I mean, it's bow hunt. It's neither sex. So you can yeah. shoot any one elk, which is nice, you know. And then getting on that, you know, I mean, knowing your bull's age, like most uh, mature bulls are going to be a six by six. Yeah. And, you know, if they're a uh, their first antler is usually a spike, and then good habitat bulls uh, can have up to five points, um, two and a half year olds, and so on. You know, uh, be small six bites you know about a three four year old bull something like that and I think they're saying the mature bulls range in the ages of like nine nine to eleven nine to twelve years old oh gotcha so, um before we go further what's probably the best animal to hunt let's get out of the whole this will be controversial but 400 inch bulls what does it say on Rock Mountain Foundation? What are the chances of actually coming across a orange bull? Because you hear dudes, oh, oh I found a orange set, I saw a 400 inch bull. But reality is, there's not that many ro many roaming around. No, 400 no. Bulls. What That's was a, it? There was one in like, one in 1,000 or one in 10,000 is a 400 inch bull. I can't bull. really remember, but I know that, that, yeah, there's a nice article on Rock Mountain Elk Foundation what talks about that 400 yeah. class bull on how, how rare they are. Yeah. And there's our. You, you're going to find those bulls out there, but, and guess where they're at? They're in the covenant units in the West. And so, you know, some states are points and some states are lucky draws, but that's where you're going to shoot a four inch bull in those covenant units with limited tags. I mean, limited tags, 25 or less, I'm guessing probably for the most part. I know where we're at, most of the covenant units that are going to hold a four inch bull where you're actually going to see one. Are probably limited to 25 tags for the unit as a whole per hunt so yeah two three thousand people put in for it <laughs> like 25 guys are going to pull that thing but do people do we know guys that have drawn those tags and have been in those areas where uh, 
they get a, an opportunity to see one and maybe even shoot one. Um, what else about elk? I think because you get to, they're so vocal in September during the bow hunt, and it drags on into muzzleloader. In yeah, the, in October and stuff in October like that. And stuff like that. It depends on, you know. The weather, who knows what, it depends on a lot. Yeah, you could have them bugling one unit and you're hunting and the unit right next to you, they're completely quiet. But that's what, who like to hunt them? The rut, the rut is, I can't explain it. It's like it's you're, just, you're interacting with them almost. If you if yeah, you like bugle, they, they're answering you back. It's almost like you're, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, like you're talking with them, right. like having a conversation. Um, if you ever had a bull scream on you, uh, the one that Brian shot, he screamed like on us, like with 20, it was a 20 yard shot in the end. But he's bugled before that shot was made and that was the mo most ear shattering sound you'll ever ever hear. I don't know how close have you been over it. Not that it matters, but obviously the closer I sometimes it gets loud. It's insane yeah. how loud I don't know how vocal these animals can get. And the sounds that come out of the bulls, they make all sorts of noises you wouldn't even know. If you haven't hunted elk in in the rut <coughs> Everyone's heard a bugle, but they make noises either in yeah, they have to be pretty close to in in order to hear that those weird noises. Clunking. We have some on I our trail cameras. So what you can actually, if you listen close, they're doing that yeah you know, that clunking sound, and they sell calls and stuff like that will actually make that noise. But those are ones where you have to use when you're really close. It's a weird sound. I wish we had something where we could simulate it for you and guys, I, but. The best way I could, I wasn't going to simulate it, but pop your hand on a pipe, like a PVC pipe. Yeah, and that, that, that sound or... Yeah, that clunking sound that it makes, that's, they make that noise. And uh, there's some theories on why they make that noise. The best one I've heard is they're really close to a female in heat and they're going to, you know, well, they're going to mate. <laughs> so that's what that noise usually means. So they actually... It's not popular. You don't see a whole lot of uh, clunking, um, what do you call them, sound calls. But they do make them. They're not very much. But the guys that we've talked to that have used them say they are money during the rut. If you're in that range and you start clunking yourself, that bull thinks that what he's hearing is like, oh, great, someone's going to mount my harem and he's going to come charging in and come check it out for sure. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Yeah, I that think noise when whenever they're bugling and when you're close, man, it gets the hair in the back of your neck standing up, and yeah. your ears are they'll start ringing, man. They're loud. Yeah. And for new hunters that haven't had a chance or interested in elk hunting, or and guys out east, why do we guy us elkies call them um, big stinkies? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm looking like Pay attention, man. Jeez. I thought you were asking like the like people listening. No, not listening. the guys are listening. They can't survive. <laughs> I'll answer my own question because these guys are like space cadets. Because um, they stink. During the rut, they're, they smell bad. Yeah. Uh, if you smell elk, you're there. You're next to them. It's going to happen. They're going to see one. <laughs> you can smell... I, uh, me and Brian were looking, scouting for elk sheds, on uh, trying to see if some elk were packing still, and we we're sitting on this cane wall, and you could smell elk, and we're like, there, that guy so sure enough, right below us there was like three bulls running right below us, like I don't know, a couple hundred mm -hmm. below us. They stink. They're they're smelly. It's a distinctive smell. I can't explain it, huh? Mm -hmm. That one smell in your run lunch, right? they they smell. Oh yeah. And it's because they when they rut they they get down in the mud, they urinate in the mud, and they do some other things in the mud that you know, we'll have to blur that out, bleep it out. But uh, they do other things to get all attractive for the females. The only part of the elk that smells good during the rut is antlers because they're rubbing pines. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But they smell big old stinkies. And um, steaks, the steaks smell pretty good too on the on the smoker. Oh yeah, elk steaks. Ooh, nice tenderloins, mm -hmm. backstrap. Yeah, 
smoking it up. That, that's what I think makes it. <laughs> just smokes in a pancake. <laughs> just smokes in a pancake. <laughs> um, I think that's another awesome thing about elk is when you shoot one and you get one down, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of meat. You could probably, on the average family, we'll say four of people, uh, it's going to last you and your family for a while. One elk will. Yeah, we, whenever I kill an elk, we pretty much eat it almost every single meal, you know, at least a pound a day, whatever. It'll last us, one good elk will last us an entire year, my family. Yeah. And that's uh, my wife, myself, uh, the boys. Well, the boy, the other boy doesn't eat anything, so the three of us eat. And that's no problem. <laughs> and it'll last us an entire year. And that and that's with me bringing some to work and... Us cooking it up at work, you know, yeah. feeding everybody at the station, and everybody loves that, especially when we, you know, make that smoke yeah, burgers. We or smoke elk burgers. We have down to an art now. We have it down to an art. Yes. So, if you want the recipe, hit us up. <laughs> I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> well, hit us just up. Tell you now. Okay. Bacon. That's the key right there. That's Bacon on anything, you put bacon on a piece of toast and it's pretty darn good actually. I thought it was going but to be I, some extravagant And now you're like, oh, what's this up? crazy guy? Worcestershire sauce or some weird thing? <laughs> no, bacon. I can't even say that. Um, Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> no, we don't but use that. <clears throat> dice it up, slice it up, grind it, and mix it in your ground elk. Put it on a smoker for 20 minutes. 23 minutes. Oh my god, put your cheese on there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I mean, we if you give it the smoke flare and then we bump up the heat a little bit, you know, to give it that cook. You yeah. know, it's going to take an hour plus. Because it's making even better. What we've thrown good. diced up jalapenos and you mix that into the to the patty too. Oh. Yeah. It gives actually, it. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm think hungry. we're going to actually do that for the Super Bowl. Let's do some oh, smoked deer. We don't have elk. No, because uh, nobody drew it. Nobody. Well, somebody did drop. Somebody <laughs> drew it. Yeah, I bought a leftover tag and <laughs> One guy bought a leftover um, tag, one guy had a rifle tag, and one guy had a bow tag, and none of us kicking it down. Nobody they were pathetic, year, man. So, we have deer, though. Do you have deer and we have some antelope? Mm-hmm. But it's mostly animal. deer. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking <clears throat> no. about elk. Yeah, you can have the subject. And over. Back to elk. elk. So with the elk, I mean, we have the hunt, the draws are approaching. You've already For everybody. I think in, here in New Mexico. Yeah, I think in Arizona is coming close, and so is Wyoming is getting close. Yeah. So we are going to start planning our hunts and figure out where we want to put in and for elk. Draw. Because that, that's the one thing, it, it's like our main goal is to draw, draw for elk. And uh, everything else comes after that, so we always put in for elk first. And then we kind of figure out what else secondary. we're going to put on. Put in <laughs> if, you, if you live in a state with elk, you, typically elk is secondary, or everything else is secondary, and elk is number one, I think. Yeah. Elk's fun. It's just, it's the funnest hunt, you know. It's being able to hunt them in the rut, what gets them right. every time. Yeah. It's being able to experience it and be out there when they're actually heavy in the rut is something you'll never forget. No. And then... When you do experience it, you'll know the addiction to having yeah. elk in the rut. It is. Uh, it's still hard. But no, it's, it's still hard. You can. <clears throat> just having elk in the rut doesn't mean you're going to get one. But. Because uh, there's a lot of <clears throat> things that go into it, a lot of strategy. And talking elk. about the rut, usually, <clears throat> what, from your experience, when do they when do they rut or you know it's I know it's a million dollar question but no it's a good question I don't there's I've read probably ten articles on why the rut starts and who knows why I've in my experience I've drawn elk and one year they didn't they weren't bugling at all that was my first experience and it sucked. Other than we were seeing elk, it just they weren't vocal, and then we're right on the line. Not right on the line. The next unit over, we were bumping into guys that you know getting ice and stuff like that in town, saying that the unit over, they're 
going crazy and you're like, yeah, that thing's going on here. But when I... Let's see, I, the next time we drew elk and with you, Brian, we shot that <coughs> bull, they were running every single day. Near bugles yeah. almost all day long. Yeah, well, that one canyon we were in, well, it was yeah. like 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and, and they, they were going just, at just screaming their heads screaming. off still. So. And then, um, the, when we shot the two cow elk, because we were just, it was like day 8 into the elk hunt, it was grinding hard. Uh, there, mm, there was like three days, it'd go in spurts, like you'd have like 2, 3 days of where they were just screaming, and then one day, they were still running, but they just weren't going weren't crazy. Vocal. The vocals they normally are, and then next day they go right back into it again. So why they do that, I don't know. I don't know if it has, I've heard people say it has to do with the moon phase, um, the equinox, the cold air, which I don't believe in cold air because, you know, down the Gila, I mean, yeah, it's cold, but it's not like snowing or anything. So that's not, I don't think weather has anything to do with it. Um, I've read things that has to do with when uh, the cows give birth to their they're young, you know, after they run too early and they're giving the birth right in the middle of winter practically, so they run late. But that also might depend on what state you're in. Montana, they may run really late, like mid-October, whereas down here in New Mexico, they may run early August, because here we don't have the snows, but it has to do with rain. You know, typically the springs are, early spring, in a typical year is green, and so they wanted to give that, that be all the yeah. best that it can is viable surviving yeah more viable yeah. but I have no idea there's all sorts of different theories um, and there's even a secondary rut which that's I think we've experienced it before but yep. not all the cow elk uh, <coughs> going to heat at the same time the majority usually go in September and then there's a secondary rut where the stragglers if you want to call them that you know the ones where they can get bread they can get bread they go into heat <laughs> They go into heat and then they cause that secondary rut. And the elk aren't going as, they'll bugle and make a lot of noise, but they're not, I would say they're not as aggressive when it comes to calling and all that stuff. We had one calling, we did that one unit, uh, they were bugling that morning. And we could get them fired up and get them to answer back, but they would not come in. They were, it was almost yeah, like they were like, I've been running, I'll bugle and talk with you, but I'm not going to go check you out because I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, during the rut, I think they lose. Guy, up to almost 100 pounds during the month of September because those bulls are so occupied with riding they don't even care about eating at that point. And I've seen it in trail cam pictures a lot when I heard that and you start seeing them show up in September and then at the end of like you know you start getting in October you can actually start seeing ribs on these guys. Yeah, you can you see really look difference. at the pictures they lose some poundage uh, during the rut. Um, well, what's crazy is they sit there and they'll beat the heck out of each other and then after the rut's over they're just like hey buddy what's going on man <laughs> yeah they're all friends you know, again. they're all hanging out all over <clears> and he got we have trail cam video of the bulls bugling rutting and stuff like that we got a few of them who are sparring they're not really duking it out but and then he, we have pictures of them all hard horned after the rut and there's five six bulls on the pictures you know or in the videos yeah. hanging out it, it's just it's crazy it's a good thing we don't do that. You know, all, basically all the deer cattle, they do rub, right? They've got to rub their velvet off. What's cool is, you know, guys, get, I've seen a lot of whitetail hunters, and they get excited when they find a rub, like, okay, we're in the area. And we do the same thing as elk hunters. You find a rub, what's cool about an elk rub is, you're talking like you can't reach the top of the rub sometimes with some of the rubs you find. Like you can reach up as high as you can and you can't touch the top of the rub. And it's crazy seeing a tree that big trash that bad from a, from a bull up just scraping and, and getting pissed off. And, um, and that's another cool thing is where they're running at. Uh, you'll get different colors, all sorts of different things. Like if you have elk, they're, they're so um, di- distinct to their areas. Like. If you're hunting elk up in the high country, or dark timber, if you want to call it that, they're just that. They'll have really nice chocolatey dark um, antlers, and then if you get those ones in like in the red cedar in the cedars, mm-hmm. they have like a really red brownish tint because that's what they're rubbing. Um, and it also depends on what kind of dirt they're in too. But it, that makes it kind of fun. You know, you'll have some of the units that you get to hunt. You'll have uh, all sorts of stuff. 
So, where were we? Uh, we took a, like a five second break because uh, well, we were interrupted. We were interrupted <laughs> by somebody, the ghost of. <laughs> the ghost of, I don't know what it was, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but the uniqueness in the color of their rack, uh, their rack and just like just like any other animal, you'll see some cool, crazy stuff, you know. You'll see a lot of drop tying elk, but you'll get some funky stuff out there, um, clubbed elk and all that stuff, or they're missing a, a, a brow tying or something like that. I think that's pretty cool too. I think just the sheer size, you know, when you get your hands on a, like that, the bull that Brian shot, it's just massive. Those, the antlers are just so big on those things compared to deer. I don't know, if they, whatever it is, it, it just bites you and that's it, you're done. You're, you have elk fever. Yeah. And that's all you think about is elk. I could be hunting deer. We drew deer only in a unit that's known for big elk and had elk in there. And um, me and Brian were up there and we split up and I don't know what Brian was doing, but I was hearing elk bugle up above me and I'm supposed to be deer hunting and I couldn't help it. I had to go see who was making the noise and pretty soon I'm chasing elk just to see what they look like and see who's making that noise yeah. because I'm drawn to the bugle. I'm like, oh, I gotta see mm-hmm. who's making this noise. And yeah, I'm not even deer hunting at that point. Which kind of yeah, I've done the same thing on a deer <laughs> hunt. You know, sneaking in an area, you hear something, you walk towards it. You know, you kind of sneak in there, and it turns to be elk. And I just sit there and watch them. And the one time I've done that up north, I when it was last year, I want to say it was, and found a nice little herd of bulls hanging out, and they're in some thick, thick cover. And, I made my way in there and was able to get some uh, pictures of them, you know, bedded down. Some of them were in a nice little wallow and the other ones were just kind of hanging out, but it was cool because they were vocal and they are just kind of hanging out amongst themselves, you know, and yeah, I just stopped deer hunting to yeah, watch it's easy to do because they're just fascinating animals. I know, I can't, it's hard not to watch them. I, I understand the buck fever. <clears throat> Or not always about buck fear. The guys that are just mules are crazy. Um, I don't know. I'm just more about yeah. elk. So, I like deer too. But yeah. So back on like field judging, I I looked up a couple numbers here for you guys so everybody would know. But uh, the antler pedicle to the nose is roughly 17 to 18 inches. Um, the eye to nose, 13. Uh, the top of back, so the top of the back to the V spot of the shoulder is 20 inches. So these are numbers where you could look at the elk and remember that that, okay, that's 20 inches. So you know to that point of his rack is 20 inches long. You know, so you, it'll help you start scoring the animal. Um, the top of the back to the belly, 25 to 28 inches. The main beam average length to the G4 is 28 to 30 inches and uh, if they're looking straight on you if you go tip to tip of the ear spread from a front view it's 26 inches and so that will help you be able to to judge the length you know and then uh the belly of everything you you can always add a couple couple inches um two to three inches per the belly of the of each point, gotcha. You know, so when you judge Makes off sense. that two hundred inch mark, yeah, you know that's your first off initial <clears throat> onset. You know, to more or less field judge, and you'll be surprised. You'll be a few inches off um, when you actually put a tape. I basically I, I sat there and nitpicked one while I was hanging on the wall. Some guy was asking me the score, and I kind of went through and not knowing what the girth and stuff like that was but i went off of this average scoring and i was pretty close I was pretty darn close to yeah. getting it right thanks <clears throat> so we're not we're not telling everyone to go out there and be trophy hunters and that the whole trophy thing is the eye of the beholder but it's definitely fun to, to see if you can come up with a score it's fun to do. It's, it's fun, fun to look at it and go, oh, okay, no, okay. Yeah, look you know, what at is pictures that? and just try and estimate off pictures or other people's bulls what yeah. they've shot, you know. <clears throat> um, so my shot, like, 
in the bow hunting room, where are you looking to shoot a bull at? When he's brought, just straight up broadside. Broadside, I know it's obvious, but what are your markers you're looking for? I go on that crease, that right behind that, right on the shoulder. Yeah. Now, if you look at the bone structure, what is it? That shoulder blade kind of comes down and then it angles. They have like a triangle towards the front. Yeah, it gives you that triangle. Yeah, so there's it's that like opening, triangle. But I'm not going for that small of a spot like that heart chop. Yeah, because if you, you know, go too far forward, get two inches forward, two inches much, you're going to you're smack, smack shoulder bone. You may not get anything. Yeah, and if you yeah. don't go through the actual blade itself, you, it has that ridge where it pops up, and if you hit that. It's just going to stop your arrow. It's not going nowhere. No. It's not going to break that. It's too thick. No. You know. I had a bad shot on an elk, and uh, yeah. So trying to punch it through yeah, bone so is I'm, not that. Easy. I go. I try and aim. I I know where the lungs are. I go for that double lung shot on my elk. You know, and especially just perfectly broadside. I just center right there, and that's what I aim for. And yeah, it's. You don't always necessarily get it, but, yeah, but the that's, what I, that's what you are ginormous on an elk. So you definitely, if you're going trying to put in the pump house, so it's be the heart, you better off kind of aiming a little bit back on the animal. Is but you have a really broadside shot because now you're looking at hitting all lungs, and that is a fatal shot. He's gonna die. You'll die. He'll run roughly hundred yards if yeah, not less. He's gonna die. Maybe a little bit more. Quartering two. Uh, quartering away, I know those are. You just it depends on how bad they're quartering to or quartering away from you. Yeah, if you're not comfortable, know your equipment. Don't take the shot. Yeah, don't take the shot. You just know, just give this man a need to take yeah. a shot. Like, oh, do the ethical oh, thing. I'm just gonna shoot. No, just don't do it. It's better to let them live than wound them. Well, yeah, Brian know. had a shot. What was that? You know, there was a bull through that thick area. We we're hunting low and down in the pinion junipers. And he had a shot. Oh, yeah, it was, what, like 60 yards. Yeah, but it was a small window through yeah. a dead uh, juniper bush. Well, no, there was, it was, a, what it was, it was a pile of, yeah, like, it was like a dead like a tree. Slash pile juniper, or something. Yeah, yeah. Some, it was down. I could see the rack of the bull. I could see his upper back and the, basically where my arrow needed to go was right above that brush. Could have I made that shot? Probably, but I was I was like, yeah, it's too risky. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. And he was right there. He had no clue. Could have I walked towards him? I probably could have, but I was <coughs> just sitting there thinking to myself that his cows were a little bit uh, south of him, and I could see him walking. They're walking away. That he was gonna turn, kind of follow him, and come up that same path as his cows, and I'll get a better shot. Well, he never did. So. Did I miss an opportunity? Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say I did. Yeah, but, but I, don't, I think it's in reality. I was like, well, I could have missed. I could have hit that void spot, which would you know below the spine and right above the lungs. There's that void spot. There's absolutely nothing there. Yeah, that would wounded him. I could have hit him in the spine. My arrow be stuck in there, or I could have just spined him and dropped him. You, you never know. There's too many variables to go off of. So I I chose to pass it. And well, I'm gonna say I never got a shot on him, but it was a bummer. It, you know, you kind of kick yourself in the butt, and I don't know. I think it was just safer just to let him walk. And yeah, I'm kind of no, glad. It, and now that I look back at it, you know, I'm I'm glad I did. Yeah. And so, I would say out of all the shots I've taken on elk, the one that I regret taking, in all honesty, <laughs> was we had a. A satellite, I don't even call them a satellite bull, more of like a raghorn bull, just trotting through some pretty thinned out trees. Not even try, he's just walking through, and I drew back for whatever reasons. None of us made a noise to stop him, and I took a shot while he was on the move. I'm glad I didn't hit him because I could have taken a shot way far back on him or too far forward or whatever, but I hit a tree and spun off, and that botched that whole shot and probably shouldn't have drawn back, or one of us should have tried to stop him, but we didn't, and I didn't hit that one. Um, Norbert, you don't show a lot of emotion around here. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, no, forget we have Norbert here. <laughs> We're talking about elk. <laughs> Which, and you can be honest, it's okay that we were talking elk here, but 
Do you get more excited elk hunting or deer hunting? Because you've kind of done, it's almost, has it been about 50-50 hunting in general? What would you rate it between the two? Well, I would definitely say, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't killed uh, my elk yet. I've basically drawn more deer hunts than elk. I have been elk hunting with my brother-in-law yeah. a couple times. And definitely the elk was a lot, like I say, it, it was it was just almost surreal to be out there and hear those elk bugling and yeah. coming into us and, you know, you, you got it done and it was it was awesome, you know. Of course, yeah. I had fun deer hunting because that's what I've taken You're down successful. so far. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's, right. that's where I've been successful, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely I think the downside wanna, to mule there is... For the most part, they don't make any noise. They don't. You just gotta find. You just gotta find the deer yeah. and yeah, you gotta find them. Make it happen. The elk. And, and that's part of hunting, but yeah, it definitely doesn't make it as exciting when they're not making any right. noise. And deer don't make a whole lot of noise. It's just nice it. about elk, man. They will sit there and call you. You're like, ooh, we need to go over there. Yeah, nope. <laughs> they'll let you know where they're at. <laughs> that brings you, because um, what else most of us do? We get up super early. We gotta get out there. Get out there, and sure enough, you find them, and they're on the move. Typically in running, guys get it done. We listen to believe it or not, you're listening to a podcast, but I heard a podcast <laughs> on a guy that likes to hunt elk in the middle of the day. He doesn't start till ten o'clock in the in the morning because his whole theory is I'm gonna hunt these these elk while they're running in their bed, so to speak. Because the elk will still bugle even, even the bugle the- when they're bedded down, mm-hmm. and you hear it. And we kind of are eating lunch at that time normally, but of course we haven't really drawn elk since we kind of came across this new theory of hunting elk later on in the day, so we haven't had a chance to test it, but I'm going to do it, maybe this year. Um, but it's pretty cool. So there's, that's another aspect is when you hunt them, in our experience, we've always just chased them in the mornings and then in the evenings, they're really chasing during the day. We have chasing during, if it's in the middle of the day, it's because we spotted them and we thought we could beat them spotted somewhere. Spotted them or, you know, and we've or had them incidents when, you know, you're just, it's hot. That's another thing, it's hot outside. you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh man, it's hot. Well, they're hot it's just, yeah, that light bulb goes on and you're like, well, if we're hot, they're hot. Yeah, that's what and happened that, on that one. Yeah, that one time we took yeah. it and we're like, dude, we got to get out there now, man. We got to get to those water holes and... We made it to the water hole, but we were just a tad too late. We, we got they, they we thought it was over the hill, and yeah, there they were. You know, and we're like looking at us. Them. Yeah, pretty much they were looking at us, and then blew them out. This is the fun part of the story. So we didn't blow them out. They didn't like what they saw or heard because we got went to stealth mode at that point because we were kicking rocks going in there. They back out, but they didn't like spook us. So we thought, yeah. okay, we kneel down behind some sagebrush, and they kind of were starting to work their way back out. So we belly crawled. I don't know, it seemed like three football fields is probably only like 50 yards, but it seemed like forever. Mm-hmm. We thought we were stealth like you wouldn't believe. And then we pop up thinking we're safe, and they're watching us the whole time. Apparently, we weren't on the ground flat enough <laughs> to uh, get out of their sight. Yeah, they're staring at us. That's another blown. This is part of hunting. You learn the hard way. Or learn the fun way. It's so fun. Well, there's that it's one that I. comical. Belly crawled up, and the time when I shot at that that cow, and I shot the I hit the pine cone. I totally missed and hit that pine cone. And you're like, shoot again because they didn't run anywhere. I was like, I can't. I left my quiver. Oh, because I took my quiver I off and, and, that. <laughs> and left it behind me so I could belly crawl, and sneak in there, and get close enough. And I shoot, I miss. They all stand up because they're all bedded down. But I just panicked because the one cow got up. So I was like, oh no, they're gonna split, I need to shoot. I shoot, I miss. Eric's behind me, he's like, shoot again, they didn't go in and shoot the bull, shoot the bull. And yeah, I had no more arrows, because they were yeah, you had no more behind arrows. me, you know? I know, <laughs> oh, shoot, the- sorry. <laughs> Dude, this is a family I podcast. I said sorry, I did not mean yeah. that. He we'll didn't that out. <laughs> <laughs> but you all know the, the frustration, what, and you learned, from your mistakes and I'm constantly learning every single time I'm out there and I learn from his mistakes too which is good because I prefer not to make mistakes <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. a what's my mistake <laughs> we actually saw a bull 
uh, he was tearing up a scrub oak and I'm like oh sweet so we go in there and we're thinking this is awesome <laughs> this is oh my god man I'm horrible this is why I carry two uh, releases releases with you thank <laughs> god because I get down in there and he's like yeah he ranges it like I don't know like 58 yards 60 yards ish and he's like okay we're doing it I, don't, I didn't have my uh <laughs> I didn't have his release on. I didn't have my release on, man. Yeah. I always put it on when I get out of the truck. That's the first thing you do because I don't even know why. As idiotic as it sounds, even have it on before. It's like you yeah. immediately put that thing on. So yeah, it's like, I pretty much wore it all day long. Like, oh, oh. I'm not used to wearing bracelets. Okay, never <laughs> mind. <laughs> I'm not a bracelet guy. I like you know, you know, I kind of like my wrist free kind of I'm wrist free. Your wrist free on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like anything on my wrist. So, anyways, long story short, put on your release and you're driving to your hunting spot because guess what? You can get out of the stupid truck and see it. Oh, like, oh great, now you're screwed. So he's over there. He's like, oh shoot, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, well, put it on. And I was like, <laughs> what are you, you doing? Shoot, and I'm going to. <laughs> oh my god! I'm what sitting there yelling at him to hurry up and cursing and doing all that just like what he was doing with me when I was about to shoot that cow. It was on the yes. same hunt. If I hadn't and close <laughs> actually he wouldn't have shot that big bull. Is it? He, he finally gets he finally gets his release on. Get right outside. Shoot shoot hit. He made a good connection. Well that's the big thought. We never found well, that was a good connection. <laughs> we never found the bull. Never found the bull. Oh well. That, and that I mean we had forever. good blood, we had everything and we constantly went back out and looked and looked and looked and we never found him and yep that's part of hunting you know it, it sucks so more than likely the boys he probably right hit here. high and he right into that void spot that's, yeah that's what i'm start talking a lot of dudes even looking up the yeah. anatomy of an elk you're like you had to hit the voice i had to hit yeah. the voice we even, or we eric even contacted some outfitters down yeah. there who knew the area and said that they'll be in that area and they even kept their eye out and looked for his bull and contacted him back and said that they they didn't see anything. never found anything and then i think it was the one of the ranchers too that was leasing the land for grazing rights he, he said when he went in there to uh go collect his cows for the winter he said he'd keep his eye open because that's how much this thing haunted me and, that, and they never that found anything it was a 400 for sure <laughs> <laughs> it probably was a 400 well now he's probably 500 because he's not dead yet yeah he's not dead he lives so he's probably he's pushing that <laughs> he's pushing the mark now but hopefully this year we can draw and get in the itch bad to go hunt elk and have drawn in two you years you with us again Robert like yeah can't wait I'm nope. stoked. Fingers you know. crossed. It's only February. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, it's not even February. I already jumped in for us. I know. Yeah. But we get, put those draws in and just keep our fingers crossed. And then it's like, you know, that little meme that's out there of the skeleton sitting by the, oh, yeah. sitting there <laughs> by the computer waiting for the results to come out. Yeah. Know? and doesn't come fast enough and then once you find out then the planning starts and the trail cameras really get put up and a lot of travel and research and studying land and terrain and figuring out your plan of attack but we every time we go out you know on our elk hunts what we've done it takes us <coughs> excuse me it takes us what at least a couple days if yeah, not, if not more to kind Let's of get pattern down pattern the elk and figure out like once we it'll take us a while we're like okay we finally found the elk now let's pattern them and we get to know their pattern and then all of a sudden we're just in elk constantly yeah you know and that's what you got to do i mean if you're not finding elk in there don't stay there you got to move right not going to show up and yeah. unfortunately uh, uh, nobert he drew elk and deer in the same year that we only drew deer that they were going to help not helping over now. We were helping out. We did everything we possibly could. Every little trick in the book for the area that we were hunting in. Uh, training areas. And everything. Yeah. We just could not turn up. I mean, we, we, we had the trail cameras the wrong set up and we're like, okay, well, we got elk showing up and then we go over there to hunt and there's nothing. Yeah. And you're just like... That's something that we... It was a hard lesson learned. 
we're busy holiday weekend too. I mean, yeah, it starts, it starts on Labor Day and it's hard yeah, to just. Yeah, every, it's just everyone was out there camping. Most days start September first. I I wish the game fish in a lot of states. So some states start like in late August, which is cool. These kind of miss that holiday weekend, or at least you don't have to start on the same day as the holiday weekend. But I wish we got either they started after the holiday weekend, or we got to start a week or two before that yeah. weekend starts, so you can really yeah. get it a hunting. You know, it'd be nice. There's yeah, so many the people problem. out there that I mean, makes it a pain in the neck. You know where the elk are, and then you get in there, and you know you're making a stock on an elk, and here comes a guy doing a wheelie while you're shooting his machine gun. Yeah, shooting their guns or their for, and then they see the elk, and they're like, oh, and they stop to you know take picture, and it's, you know it, it's part of uh, public, land. public land. Yeah, you know, and there you are trying to make this stock, and you're halfway there, and then all of a sudden here, the four wheeler stops and boom there goes that animal and you turn around and you look and they're kind of like oh shoot you know and they take <laughs> off and because yeah they don't they don't see you they don't know the aspects of hunting you know they don't think there's going to be a hunter there but get a deal I guess we want to hunt that versus the drone which we like to hunt this is the first hunt of September because they have well hopefully they have been hunt, they have the hunting pressure's not there the hunting pressure's not there so that's why we like that early one first because we can get in there and we'll put the pressure on them first <laughs> and pull them off for everybody else yeah <laughs> we can't get nobody's gonna get them yeah I'm, I'm so bad man you'll be in Nantucket hmm. where that's at Nantucket <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah Nantucket I don't know oh that's an island <laughs> south coast of Massachusetts yeah that's probably yeah. happened that far but but being up close and personal, that's what I, I like about bow hunting elk too, is you get a, I mean, you get up close to those things, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, my big bull I shot was about 20 yards. I think yeah. it was about, about 20, about 20 yards. And the yeah. cows were closer than that, because I, I still remember seeing that cow eating the lease off the tree. It was like it was right in front of my yeah, face. Yeah, you could hear them chewing you on can hear food chewing on the leaves and everything like, oh my god that's and then so I, there I am standing behind my boat like that's going to cover me you know like oh they can't see me but it, the rush is just intense and I mean I've been closer to uh, a cow and a calf they walked up you know I was kind of sitting down looking in, in some area and it was covered in elk sign so I kind of knelt down and was just kind of looking and listening look listening listening and here comes uh there was a calf and then there was a cow and then a little spike behind them and they walked i mean literally right to it they came on the other side of the little tree stump what i was sitting behind and it was just amazing to be able to get that close before they bolt out of there you know but being able to it's it's uh it's awesome yeah i love it i, I think um, if you're new to hunting and you haven't done yet put in because or don't or don't because that makes it easier for us to draw <laughs> <laughs> it sucks hunting elk it's horrible stick to deer don't even hunt don't anymore hunt it's, uh, anymore. it's, it's horrible it's cold outside it's hot outside it's miserable no <laughs> no just kidding we don't want to take your kids out there you know take them with you to be able to experience that with your your kiddo and you know, teach even them. if you don't draw elk go out there in September and just listen to them and right. listen early in the morning and, let, and go out there during the right and just you know listen to well, it and, and you'll realize you'll, you'll it'll click like oh, I get it I'm addicted yeah because like, on our deer hunt my wife and kid went out with me and I was like hey let's go listen to the elk bugle yeah so I took them out because I knew where some elk were, and I took them out, and we just sat there and listened. And the, my wife loved it; she liked it; she enjoyed it. The little one was just amazed. So, you know, I'll give him the cow call and let him do some cow call. And it's dark, they, you know, and he'll sit there and cow call, and then all of a sudden we'll have a bull start bugling behind us, which wasn't bugling earlier, and it was just the coolest thing. And he was so happy that he, oh, yeah. you know, he was like, oh my gosh, I'm calling That's an awesome. elk, I'm calling an elk. It's like Jurassic Park, when they start screaming. Except no dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaurs, yeah. they're dead. But they sound like dinosaurs. When did that happen? <laughs> what? When did that happen? What? Dinosaurs. 
many years ago. Oh, man. Sorry. It's a bummer. Um, oh, and the guys <laughs> out east that want elk hunt, save your money and just go for it. Just do it. There's plenty Just do of it. Put it in there. There's so many places in the west to put yeah. it into and get. If you don't know, I mean, yeah, there's. Wyoming, guides, Montana. Montana, you're going to draw. I'm telling you right now, there's no secret. You're going to draw and you're going to get the hunt out in the right. But don't put it in for night. You can't afford it. It's a lot of money. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. If you really want to, you can make it happen in September and it's and it's a blast. And then you're going to love it. Yeah, and September, then you'll know October, the addiction is November. Real. You know, whatever your weapon of choice is. Yeah. Well, you know, November you're not gonna find them running, so <laughs> no, you won't find them running, but you will have your opportunity to be able to shoot an animal. Yeah. And just don't be picky on the size. You know, you. It's no, a don't size. Shot, you know, well, don't let don't let that fog you up because I. I think you're gonna end up not enjoying the hunt. Every animal you harvest is a trophy, no matter what. That's all. That's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's the way you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Truth. No, it is. It's, it's not. It's not. It is. It meets. <laughs> 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 Get it out. <laughs> so. Okay, guys. I think we've touched the iceberg of the Elkberg or the Elkberg. We'll talk on it more because um, we can sit here and talk for days on elk. But we hope you enjoyed it. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and wait for the next one to come out. We're, there's a lot more things coming up. So many subjects to cover. And I hope you get some joy out of this and laugh and laugh at yourself. We laugh at ourselves a lot because if you don't, you're not enjoying life. Yeah, enjoy and, it. Uh, so I have fun out there. And this is brought to you by Onyx. Onyx Maps. No where you stand. It'll change how you hunt. I'm not even lying. Guys, Over and, and out. out. Take care.